Hey, how you doing, Never Sleepers? Welcome back. Are you listening to another episode on NeverSleepsNetwork.com, or are you checking us out on iTunes? Either way, thanks for tuning in to Ross Never Sleeps. I'm your host, Alex Ross. We're here from Toronto every week, and we all know lately Toronto has been a breeding ground for new show ideas and web series in Canada. With the popularity of shows like My 90-Year-Old Roommate and Letterkenny, we're starting to see big networks pick up shows from YouTube and from live performances that have a built-in audience. The recent success of CBC Comedy's Terrific Women is another perfect example of independent hard work developed into an exciting new web series. Today on RNS, we get to talk to the creators and actors of Terrific Women, Sarah Hennessy and Steph Calendar. But first, this week on NeverSleepsNetwork.com. Tomorrow, Tuesday, is an all-new Vesta Friends podcast with the co-creator of another popular CBC comedy series, My Kitchen Can Be Anything. We have the brilliantly funny Eric Toth on the show doing some sketches. Uh, he also got extra points from me because he came into the studio wearing a Neil Young t-shirt. So extra points for Eric Toth Wednesday. Be sure to check out Jeff Paul at the Dopamite Comedy Show, 9 p.m. at the Underground Comedy Club here in the East End in Toronto. And of course, his podcast, The Potato Files, with his latest guest, Patrick Hay. Thursday, Talk in Wrestling with Casey Corbin is a very special episode. We have from Degrassi Junior High and Degrassi The Next Generation, an original cast member. Now, the principal in today's series, uh, Degrassi The Next Generation, we have a very special guest, the actor who plays Archie Simpson better known as Snake, Stefan Brogren came onto the show with his girlfriend, the very talented Toronto comedian Michelle Shaughnessy, who is currently competing in Sirius XM's top comic. Good luck to Michelle. Friday for our comic book fans, an all-new speech bubble with Aaron Broverman, his guest independent comic publisher from Studio Comics with an X, the extremely nice and talented Alfonso Espinos. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Ross Never Sleeps. My guests, Sarah Hennessy and Steph Callender, are two of the funniest and best writers in town. Sarah's comedy album, Trouble in Saradice, is available on iTunes, just like all of our podcasts. Thank you to the terrific women for coming into the NSN studios. Be sure to check out all the great CBC comedy shows that I've mentioned. Toronto has been pumping out some of the best original web programming since I can remember. And here's my interview with the women that are leading the pack, the terrific women themselves, Sarah Hennessy and Steph Callender. My sister-in-law does it, and I think, and she offered me a scoby, and then I was like, I honestly, I'm gonna kill it. Oh, is that I'm, what it's I'm, called? I didn't yeah. realize that. It's like this white mucusy puck 
that like sits on top of tea you and then it turns into. You lost me a mucus. It's not the most attractive thing. Yeah, it I looks like they're handing you an embryo. Yeah. <laughs> I think if you uh, eat a scoby, it's like the fountain of youth. Like I'm mm. pretty sure if you eat an entire scoby, that's what people say about die. placenta. That's what people say about placenta, but I'm not. I there's no You're not way. Buying it? I'm not gonna eat that placenta. I feel like I get enough from a multivitamin. <laughs> yeah, I'll stick with my chewable Johnstons, please. <laughs> yeah, just works just as good as a placenta here. <laughs> if not better. Yeah. How was the launch party last night? It was great. It was so radical. We had amazing balloons and snacks everywhere. Old, uh, you know, whatever the retro snacks. That yeah, yeah got. like a bunch of treats. Like, and we had uh, the balloons. Sarah got a bunch of balloons. She got a palm tree balloon and like a rainbow balloon. Just tons of expensive balloons. Yeah. And then, um, <laughs> and then Andrew Johnston did the mix. And so it was awesome. 70s music all night long with no lulls in between. So, yeah. People were dancing. We had a ham giveaway. Yeah, really the fun. ham giveaway was a big success. <laughs> Like, the woman who won the ham giveaway bartends there, Katie Emery. And everyone, everyone went nuts for it. Yeah, because everyone loves Katie. And knowing she has that ham, like, yeah. is so it's such a nice thought. And, and then, we screened yeah. an episode, which was good. Yeah, there was that part, too. <laughs> we, yeah, which we episode? Did one. Oh, we, did, we screened two, number two, but we had um we had the projector going with, with the all of them on a loop all night. So it was a fun visual. And then, oh, that's um, cool. And then, and then we kind of, uh, and then everybody watched th- uh, episode two with the volume on. Yeah, because we figured we might as well not force everyone to stay quiet for too long it's better to just like if if you have it up on the wall yeah yeah, that way people can see it and they can be like oh that's a funny visual i'm gonna check it out on my own time right okay so what was the response yeah i know the launch party was a lot of friends and a lot of the cast is a lot of your friends and yeah tons of people from the comedy community so yeah people are laughing hard supportive yeah, and then as far as like you mean like response online, like like sure. Well, so far we've gotten like good press. Like people seem really positive about it. And then I think now it's just a matter of it like trickling out like through word of mouth. Like obviously the people who are going to hear about it first are our close friends in the comedy community. But I think already it's starting to like trickle past that. I'm hoping. And then with the and then like through the press and stuff, hopefully it'll some new watchers like like uh we did an interview for zoomer magazine and um so like, yeah so we're like, we're like we're like we're like i'm like okay let's see how this goes and then it was such a fun interview and a great article after yeah, the article is so fun and then and and, and the woman who yeah. wrote it was, was cool and she's like in the 70s what did she what did she say she was like she yeah she it really like it struck a chord with her because she was like yeah i went away on like a european vacation in the 70s and when i came back my husband had put in like wall-to-wall shag carpet and grass grasshopper wallpaper and she goes and she goes it didn't last we were divorced after like I said, and we're like what it was it was so funny yeah she was like the real life linda like yeah it was pretty cool so i'm with the real life linda davis and joy johansson i'm with steph <laughs> Callender, sarah hennessy i want to welcome my guests terrific women you're launched is the pressure kind of a, a little off now now that it's out there or is it like oh no now we got to monitor comments we got to see what's going on what's the buzz we got to do more marketing what's it feel like now it feels good i feel like i don't feel like that kind of pressure i'm not one for product numbers i don't i can't i i just care about the quality of work and i think it's very i'm really happy with how it turned out so i'm pumped i just hope lots of people see it yeah like as far as like i i don't won't read the comments i just in case i i'm you know i'm sensitive but then oh thank you but then i i um 
you know, we'll keep pushing it. We don't want to like over promote it where people like get sick of hearing from us, but we'll keep, you know, putting out like pr- retweeting like articles and stuff and hopefully like do that kind of thing. You two have been quite busy leading up to this too. I mean, Terrific Women shot, I guess, in the last in October. Fall. Yeah. yeah. I mean, thank you so much for having us behind the scenes there doing a little uh, footage with Phil and that. But you two have been quite busy leading up to Terrific Women. You both star in separate episodes of CBC comedies My Kitchen Can Be Anything with Pat Thornton and co-creator Eric Toth. Steph, you've been writing for the hit show Shit's Creek, which is going on to its fourth season. I believe so. I don't write on that show anymore. Okay. I, I wrote on it in season two. Okay. But yeah, uh, I think it's actually they're writing their fifth season now. Wow. Yeah. I th- and I heard I think it's going to be their final season. Okay. It's nice to wrap things up. I like when uh, a show knows when to wrap things up accordingly. It's oh, very yeah. British. Yeah. Going out, out on <laughs> I know it's always the best. And Sarah, you've been all over Canada lately as the spokesperson for participation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just you know, getting people uh, familiar with snowshoes and uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, but mostly like stand up is my big focus for right, sure. Of yeah, because you're gearing up for JFL 42 here in Toronto. You're performing oh, yeah. in September. I forgot. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing an hour long show at Just for Last 42 and one of the 42. I'm pretty pumped about that. That's incredible. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. That's huge. Because I just started thinking about it. It's because it you're so hour. busy. That's huge. Yeah, but then you get an opener who does like 10 minutes, so it's not really an hour. But yeah, it's like an hour spot where you hope people show up but i've done that once before i split like i've just for last 42 spot with uh graham k and that was really fun because we only did like 20 minutes each and plus an opener but yeah gfl 42 very cool what are you most impressed with now that terrific women is out when you, you're seeing it for really for the first time on a youtube channel or on cbc comedy you're like wow i can't believe all this hard work has really come to fruition what, what did it feel like well, first of all, what I'm impressed with when I look at the stuff is I'm so happy that we did uh, such a good photo shoot uh, to get promotional photos for it. Sarah had this amazing idea to do a, a photo shoot where we're like nude or we look nude and we're lying under fur blankets surrounded by elegant platters of, of really elaborate foods. And so... Like 70s gross foods. Though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Like, on our, and uh, our friend John Cousy, who did the food styling for the whole series, like just went to town. He made made like a pineapple swan he made a shrimp <laughs> tower this like three-layer gelatin dish and then we just posed with those and so it, i think it really helped people like discover the show and and because those pictures like stood out you know yeah when, so when you can, yeah when you can package up uh like your your project and you give there's lots of shareable images more people are gonna respond so yeah um my favorite thing is just i feel like it's so authentic like i feel like the comedy is so authentic to us i think it's us doing our thing that we like to do being funny how we know how and we got to cast all of our friends who are doing the exact same thing it does nobody was meddling in our process nobody meddled in our style or you know what we got to say or do everybody just enhanced and worked together in this cool team well terrific Mm -hmm. women set in 1974 where two feminist cable tv talk show hosts linda davis and joy johansson who are on a mission to bring light and levity to social issues who are linda davis and joy johansson well, Linda Davis is a two-time <laughs> divorcee. Uh, basically, her ex got the kids and she got the time slot. So she uh, <laughs> invited her neighbor, uh, Joy, over to co-host with her. Yeah, and Joy lives next door alone. She's pregnant. Um, she needs money. 
she needs a job but you know she's an all-around optimist in in a lot of ways where she like she just likes making crafts and hanging out with her friend and she's very and talented being, being glamorous yeah she really likes baking and and um and she really likes looking after her her best friend we all know about the crazy 4 a.m time slot when it comes to these kind of cable tv networks <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> any kind of influences there like do you remember any shows or like any cable tv shows that you kind of found in the darkness of youtube that you're like yes this is what we need to emulate i can't think of any like specific cable access shows what i like about a cable access show in the old school sense it's probably not the same way because even smaller channels are quite corporate now but i love the freedom that amateurs would have to have their own show it's something you would see when we were when we all grew up watching wayne's world and stuff like that like these are two those were two like crazy uh, metal dudes who just like did what they wanted for their time slot and that's like it's a it's freedom but it's hilarious exposure and in this world i'd like to think that really nobody's tuning in to their show like i don't know who would be it's such a, you know what i mean but, but they give it everything they got and because they're so amateur it really allows for a lot of drama to unfold in front of the camera because they don't know any better yeah and they're trying so hard to be like their version of yeah their version of informative and their version of like glamorous like i think in their own minds every yeah everybody's watching and everybody's checking out their outfits and and like taking this really seriously Mm -hmm. and so like it's fun to play with that it's fun to like to show these two women trying so hard to make like like what they think is the hottest show yeah and it's their mission and they're loving every second of it speaking of outfits your show is just incredibly designed when it comes to the art direction, the costume design. It's too perfect. Like, it's, it's integral. <laughs> it's integral to this because when we started doing um, Terrific Women live at the Ossington, for years we did it just a stand-up show, but we wanted to do something more conceptual, so we decided to do these characters, 1974. Doing a, um, a live cable access show, quote-unquote, is a... Uh, Good, a good formula for a live show because our friends could still come on and do stand-up sets or we could have like a sketch troupe on or we could have a musical act or whatever and like if like and so it always worked but it's so when you take it in front of camera you want everything that looks so good it's so important that it looked like it was old archival footage mm-hmm. it was so important to us that the set deck was perfect that the costumes were so good we had such an amazing art team even the food styling is so important to us john cruz who did the food styling it's like he makes he elevates our work like we t- we, give, we write in the name of a cocktail and then he just puts it in front of us and it's something he the garnishes are so hilariously vaginal or like <laughs> when we did we did a protest episode and then the food he put in front of us we're like what's this he goes oh um those are protest penguins he like he just go. He takes it a million steps further with the with the food and the set deck, and which gives us so much more thing, many things to play off of. Yeah, and our costumes um, were done by Julianne Wilding, and she went to town like finding like legit like cool stuff where it it wouldn't it didn't look like um like a sketch show where it was like a set. Oh, I hope it didn't like it where did. it looks like a like a send up. Like we wanted it to feel like real, real. Yeah, it definitely she, feels real. She did fifty. She had to do fifty eight looks and. She had only a couple of days to prep. This is mm-hmm. like these are this is like a team of people who and then and, and and Blake who did our yeah, wigs hair and, and hair wigs. and like yeah everybody was like everybody put like so much integrity and focus into their jobs and it, it's a real um, when you have a time period like that that's so far removed from where we are today you can re- there's so many references and lots of uh, great things to sink your teeth into for like okay we want this color scheme we want these fabrics we need this you know. We need it to look a certain way. There's, it's a, it's a tickle trunk. 
of, uh, of, of, of playtime. Yeah, totally. When you were writing the script, did you leave room for ad-libbing? Because you mentioned, you know, your food designer had protest penguins. You know, it's hard to write protest penguins. And then the joke made it into the, the bit. Well, he, yeah, we didn't. Yeah, we, we did a little bit of improvising, especially when something was ripe for the picking. But we only we had to shoot a lot of episodes in a small amount of time. So we had to really we tried to stick to the script. But if there was room, if there's just a joke that was right there, it's we, we had to do it. Yeah, and we had to stay loose a little bit, too, because it was hard to memorize all our lines so fast because we were, like, we'd had to memorize our lines while we were, like, changing our clothes. It was, like, really, uh, like, it was tough. It was, it was, it was, like, long, long days, and we were in, like, pretty much every scene, mm-hmm. so it would be, like, 16 hours of nonstop. Like, we had a couple, like, little breaks, but it was pretty go, go, go. Yeah. And where did you find your location? Because it's oh, it was on, prime um, picked out of the 1970s. Oh my this place was yeah. a time capsule. Our, I think our, our producers, um, Mars and JP, found it on a website, like for like you know homes that like rent out for for sets and stuff. And it was it really was a time capsule. It was like untouched. Like they they had all the all the appliances in the kitchen, like the avocado green oven and and, and the formica wow. countertops yeah. and and all the furniture, like the chairs we sit in in, in the basement. Like, They're there. That was there. Wow. Yeah. So we had a lot. It was great because the girls who did set deck they were coming it was we, everything happened so last minute in production so they're assembling the team i think we had our set deck girls come from ottawa they came the day before we started shooting they yeah. had to pull things so fast so it was, they so, nailed it. It was so good that they there's some larger pieces already there and like you know you know the way the shelves were the or the you know wallpaper it's like okay great there's already stuff in place that we can just build from yeah they definitely made it pretty though because because it, it was definitely like a man who lived there and then the set- time forgot <laughs> yeah and and the ladies uh who did the set deck like in the art direction like they made it look like a women lived there and, like, sure. and it wasn't like it, it, they made it look like it was a current thing like it wasn't like grody and old like and dated like it was um yeah they like you know they made it look nice and they found that tub. They found they found that wooden tub. They yeah, we were pretty, that tub. We were pretty wow. specific. We were pretty specific about the tub we wanted because we have <laughs> we have. Well, I don't know. We have this uh, episode where we bring in uh, we bring in a, a tub from outside for a water birth for a water birth, and like, <laughs> it's a full on hot tub. But the thing was, is I was like, it has to be one of those wooden barrel ones. Like I like, if, you know, they could show you us other stuff, and it's not like I wouldn't consider it. But you know, when you're when in your mind, when you really know how you want something to look, like there's, I feel like there's nothing more 70s than one of those barrel hot tubs. And they got it and they had to take it apart and then rebuild it in the inside the house. Yeah, and they got it the day before we shot that episode. Like, things come down to the wire. So, it's a cable access talk show. What are some of the key topics these terrific women tackle, albeit comically? Well, on the show we do um, we do punch, we do uh, dance. We ha- we have some current ones too. Like we we did um, women in the workforce, and we did um, women's protest survival kits. And so we tried to do some that like were more like seemed more current to to the time. Um, Very smart. Oh, had a host. We had a two parter of how to host a terrific key party. 
Classic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That one was really fun because we did that as a live show once at Buddies and Bad Times Theater. And what, what I love about that is you do we do did segments with different actors who played our different neighbors. But then when we did the key party, it was a great opportunity to have everybody mm-hmm. ding dong back on stage joining us for the key party. That's so hilarious. we were so pumped to be able. We're like when we found out that we got to make the series, we're like, oh, and then it's going to lead up to the key party. We knew, and we're like, let's have a, a double episode. We were so obsessed, and it was a great way to bring back everyone, everybody in the series which mm-hmm. was a great callback yeah so, so fun tell us more about the origin story of terrific women because we hear now it started kind of as a stand-up you know show to promote stand-up comedians with these two hosts linda and joy mm-hmm. uh, you had, had a little bit of a theater aspect at bad times buddies and bad times and we need to know kind of Plop in where does Terrific Women the series and then what's going to happen maybe later a second season? Is there going to go back to the the theater? What do we expect? We probably won't go back to the theater because now we're we're on this train moving forward. So it's kind of like basically what happened was we were doing the show as a monthly for a few years and it was just getting to the point where Sarah and I were both getting really busy with other projects and we weren't able to give it the time we used to give it in the beginning. At a certain point we're like, well, we don't like we're not doing ourselves any favor is doing this live show anymore but it's but we love the characters and by that point we knew them like inside and out and we had done some videos um just with our own money um and the and favors from friends and so we were like well what's the next step we'll either make a full web series the one we've been dreaming of making um on our own dime as we always do or we'll try to pitch it around so we pitched it to zach felberg at cbc and he was really into it and you know, God bless him. <laughs> Whoa, yeah. Like, God was, bless him. God bless him, everyone. God bless <laughs> Zach, everyone. But yeah, he was like, let's make it. And we were like, what? Like, I, I was yeah. so, I didn't think that was going to happen. I'm a little bit jaded, like, in, in Canadian entertainment. Like, you're like, if you want to make something the way you want to make it, you got to make it on your own. Like, I have a bit of a chip on my shoulder. So I was really surprised when CBC, of all places, was like, yeah. You can make it. We're like, what? And then we yeah. we gave them our scripts, and they're like, look good. And we're like, what? <laughs> yeah, they had like no notes. I feel like I'm getting away with murder here because I'm happy with the prod product. Yeah, this is like the thing we've been wanting to make for so long. And then we and then we also they were like, we have to partner with a production company. So we approached um, Aircraft Pictures, and again, like same deal, like. Andrew Rosen was all on board and he was like had some great ideas that they brought to the table too and he and he was so supportive and just wanted it to be funny and 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 yeah yeah and so we all agreed on this new direction too to make it because when we did it live and we did our cooking videos you know we wore wigs it looked a little bit fake and so we were like and Andrew was like, what do you guys think about making it look really real? Like, really cutting your hair to look 70s? And we were like, yes, we love that. We love it because we don't want, we don't want to look like, we want it to feel real. I think that's funnier. The more real you play something, the, uh, play something, the better it is. So we were so down for that. But then, so we cut her hair and like, I had to cut like four inches off my hair, which made me like cry. And then I look over at Steph who got a full spherical mullet and she was loving every minute of it. And she's like, yeah, I'm right into the character now. And I'm like, they took off four inches. <laughs> Allie, but then at the end of the shoot, Allie, our, our director, who was amazing, she... Uh, Allie, thank you. Uh, yeah, Allie, thank you. <laughs> After the last shot was shot, she snipped my hair off, like the mullet part off. And it was such a relief because... Because I kept um, 
touching it accidentally with, with my fingers, like stroking it, and then getting queasy. Oh, like I would so, start yeah. to gag because it was so nasty. Like it, it felt like something you pull out of a drain. Yeah, it was like <laughs> two rat tails on either side of her. But then, but Ali, Ali, our awesome director, would kept on me the whole time. She's like. I'm going to ceremoniously cut off that rat tail as soon as we wrap. And so as soon as we were done the last shot in the last day, she's like, get over here, staff. And she snipped it off and everybody cheered. It was really funny. <laughs> it was awesome. And then I tossed it in a garbage can in the green room at the comedy bar. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I bugged Allie because I want to get her on the show too. And then she's all over the U.S. and, and doing a lot of stuff. She's an amazing director, especially because I love uh, some of the, the shots, especially the throwbacks when you guys are talking about a pre like roll the clip and you're telling roll a clip and then it even looks like even more 70s footage Somehow, than yeah. the actual digital footage and in some of the digital footage there's like a hookah in the background and you guys are always smoking cigarettes and there's kind of like a little bit of a haze totally going well, on there's in, a hazer constantly yeah, on yeah. It, 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 <laughs> yeah. whether it was purposeful or not it looked amazing but i did ask ali to actually ask a question for both of you Oh my God! Are you serious? This question's from Allie. She asked <gasps> Allie Pankey, director of Terrific Women, "What do you think turned out the most different than how it felt when you were shooting? Like, what did you think was going to look or come across differently than it did?" Oh, that's a hard one. That's a hard Allie. one. Well, that's the thing about <laughs> Allie is we we had all these production we had so many production meetings. We we approached Allie before we even had funding because Steph and I were gonna make this no matter what, and she she was on board too. And so basically, she was like, "If you guys can get like, I'll I'll do it no matter what." But the thing was about her is we're communicating with her how we wanted to look and she's right there she knows exactly what kind of camera she wants stuff that i don't know about she knows exactly how she wants things to look so i feel like we collaborated so much on the prep i don't know what turned out totally different yeah i can't i can't think of anything where i was like oh i thought this is gonna look different no like maybe not really we thought that the we, we thought that the um uh, birthing tub would be actually full of, with water and we'd be sitting in water but then <laughs> but then on the day they realized that it would have been too risky that to damage the already weird house and um it wouldn't have lit right as well so that was something that was different that was surprising on the day yeah yeah I and mean, yeah they said that if <laughs> if they filled the tub with water that it might be so heavy that it would fall through the floor wow. yeah it's it was an, an old, old house, house. But and so what, this is what was cool and surprising. Everybody came together and had the best solve. We had, you know, um, some dry ice and a bucket in there. We had a, um, a one of the women who worked for worked on on crew in the tub crouched in with a, um, <laughs> a, a lit pail of water that she slowly stirred with a ladle and hold, in one hand and a bounce sheet in the other yeah. to, to reflect Holy. to reflect off of us so it looks like we're sitting in water. Wow. So, so that was probably different. We didn't realize that that was. Was going to be the case, it and they amazing. put dry ice in there too, and the dry ice Looks made like the steam. like steam coming up. So that was probably um, we that was like a, a solve on the day that was not what we expected. What what goes into the research for a show set in the nineteen seventies? Not a ton, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> well, you do all you have to do a lot of style reference, like even yeah, like even true. like as soon as we had Julianne doing the costumes and stuff like that, like she started pulling files immediately, all sorts of references, tons and tons of references. You need a million images of how you want things to look and feel, color palettes, you know. And a lot of that, Ali was dealing with with you know um, uh, the everybody who's shooting it. Like you yeah. have to have a million references because it's such a it's a such a visual it's a visual 
comedian medium completely. So everybody has to be on the exact same page. And so you have to have a million examples to be like, this is precisely what we're going for. Yeah, I'd say for us, for like the writing side, we probably didn't do a ton of research. We like we did a little bit like where, where we had to, but probably most of the research was done by the makeup artists and the hair stylists and, and, and yeah, the costume designers and the art department because mm. they they really nailed it and 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 also even in the camera movements themselves too yeah. and there were everybody was really clear on it they're like listen this is not a sketch we don't want it to look like a caricature of a 70s show we want it to look exactly like a 70s show we want it to look like it is in this basement and that's exactly what it was it wasn't a basement yeah, yeah. the smoking was funny because we thought we'd be smoking the whole series but the funny thing is it's 2017 and since nobody smokes inside anymore we're all so much more sensitive to it so me and Steph lit up a couple of cigarettes and then we felt so ill after five minutes and we're like Can, maybe let's just smoke in this part and not later yeah yeah we thought we'd be constantly smoking but they also dried out our mouth so much we were smoking these like clove cigarettes that are for like you know shows or whatever they're just like herbal cigarettes and yeah after a couple like your mouth is like yeah that teamed up with like a million lines we were <laughs> yeah. like maybe let's just have a drink in hand more and it was too much to handle too because we had to like juggle handling props and a cocktail and a, a cigarette in our hand and it just became like too many things to hold yeah well speaking of cocktails the third part to this cocktail of linda and joy was the bartender himself alejandro alejandro yes. played by the great phil luzzi the, the reason i love this show before we get to phil is as a toronto fan of comedy a big fan of yours steph uh, and sarah when i see a, every show I see a new Toronto comedian or Canadian comedian on it. I'm always like, it's like the pantheon of comedic heartthrobs. I just, I, I literally have a list here of, of Toronto Canadian comic heartthrobs, other than you two, of course. On the show, we're talking Kathleen Phillips, Aisha Brown, Don Whitwell, James Hartnett, Chris Locke. Aaron Eves, your husband, Steph, who also plays your brother on the show. Hilarious. Andrew Johnston. (laughs) And of course, the recurring guest that is Alejandro. What's it like with when you're working with all your friends, what's it like even with Phil Luzzi on set? Well, we cast Phil Luzzi because he has a positivity that's infectious. He's somebody that we want to work with because he makes us feel sillier and he energizes us comedically and he's fun to play with. And he puts so much into everything. But this is honestly all of our friends. The, the comedy community, we do free shows every single night together, multiple shows where we spend more time with each other than we do families and sometimes like husbands or boyfriends, you know what I mean? Or or like whatever these are our friends and so when we're writing projects we're thinking of specific people that we know we can get because they're our pals yeah because you you want to feel great on the day and and also like as artists like you work your whole life to be able to get to the point where you can make money from your work and when you can employ your friends and work with your friends and we collaborate constantly our like our work is our uh, like you know our the free shows we do every single night and we're already collaborating with each other like sometimes we'll go to comedy bar and they're like hey can you help me out with this bit you just got to come on pretend you're my ex-girlfriend this other thing and they're like yeah man no problem like we're already collaborating we're all artists and we're all working hard and our definition of success changes and morphs all the time and my definition of success now is working on projects with friends old and new that's what it's all about hey hey, i like that yeah 
Well, Phil Luzzi's everybody's friend. <sighs> he is so infectious. So Even today, we got stopped on the street. This girl was like, "Hey, terrific women!" And she's like, "I just binge watched all of your all of your series. I love it so much." She goes, "I'm friends with Phil Luzzi," and we're like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> we're like, "We love Phil so much," and she's like, "I love Phil so much," and I think everyone does because he's so silly. He's naturally silly and fun. He's not intense, and he's uh, so artistic, and he's a hard worker, and he elevates everybody's lives and work. Like you know, he's such a pro too. Like he. He'd always have his lines perfectly memorized. He he never missed a take. Like all of his takes were like like it was like I don't even know how to describe it. Like it was like clockwork. Like it was like perfect every time. And he was the only actor who came to the wardrobe call with a full bags filled with options that he already owned for some reason. Like yeah. he has so many costumes. It's hilarious. And the man looks good in a pair of slacks. Jeez Louise, he really he's, does. He's a, Beautiful man. <laughs> we love him. His chest hair, too. His chest hair is so choice. 70s, baby. Yeah, it's man. very 70s. He's cool. Yeah. We love him. Any funny stories? I can only imagine when you have, like, Chris Locke on set or even Andrew Johnson and Phil together, which is clearly hilarious, on <laughs> camera. Any funny stories off camera? Well, like, I'll tell you, with, with Chris, unfortunately, like... I feel like he got shortchanged a bit because we recorded his um, scene as the bouncer uh, at night outside in the back of the comedy bar. And we were being like our normal, like loud selves, probably. It was only like 11. It wasn't even that late. But then this guy, a neighbor who lived above the comedy bar, came down and started yelling at us. And he was really scary. And then, yeah, he was really scary. And he was threatening to call the police. And I think he did call the police because there was a, a police cruiser did show up. And uh, they didn't like confront us, but they just like watched us from the side. So then we had to do that whole scene with Chris in kind of like whisper voices. So like I felt like I wish we didn't have to do that, but that's just that's just what happens when you don't have time to get a permit. Honestly, that scene turned out great. That scene turned out. It did turn out great. It's amazing. Sometimes you don't know. Well, this probably goes back to. Um, Ali's question too it's sort of like you shoot something and then you think I don't know whether that was funny enough I I, I, I you know and by the last day we were uh, we were exhausted man like yeah that was it, the last it, thing we funny shot. things happening we were so busy the entire time like I, I, like I don't know I'm sure I, I'm sure something funny happened but we were so busy <laughs> running 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 around trying to get ready for our next take that it was hard, it, like there wasn't much downtime to just like chill man <laughs> like, we found a dead mouse in the carpet. Yeah, that shag carpeting. So that was <laughs> that was a fun moment for all of us. Yeah, just a really desiccated old mouse. Yeah, it probably was there for many many months, maybe even years, because <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was a little Skeletor esque, and people were like, and then. Yeah, and then Andrew Rosen, our um, producer, was telling us about, because he's like, none of us actually live in the 70s. But it, well, some of us did not mean stuff, though. But. Um, he was talking to us about how people would have to rake their shag carpeting. Like, cause when people first put in shag carpeting, it was like, you gotta keep it in pr- pristine. Rake it. So if there was a, yeah. there's a shag rake, and then people would be like, <laughs> and so moms would be like, you're not going out with your friends till you rake the shag. <laughs> Probably, I'm guessing. <laughs> and Andrew was saying he had to rake the shag, and now I see why, because it's so easy yeah, to get it, tangled in it. Yeah, or you could really lose a couple dead mice in there. Rake the shag. Is that a euphemism? I'm, I'm sure it is at one point. It sounds <laughs> it like probably one. was, yeah. I was just raking her shag. <laughs> now that Terrific Women is out, we have a CBC Comedy digital series. That's CBC Comedy, specifically these days, has really been pumping out some really great content. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. With the success of shows like Letterkenny, uh, My 90-Year-Old Roommate, lots of series are starting on YouTube. You guys started on YouTube. when? Well, I mean, live and YouTube, right? A combination mm-hmm. of both. When you started the YouTube series and the live show, did you feel at first this was a viable option to you know, get your show in front of the networks? Just do it. Do some YouTube. Do some live shows. Build an audience. And then pitch it to a network that can maybe come see your live show and then potentially fund a bigger production. Yeah, definitely. Like we we had like the that food uh, web series we did before we shot this series. Yeah, it was definitely a part of this like a sales piece. We got a little bit of press from it too. So when we when we approached um, the networks and stuff, it was definitely easier to have something to show. Yeah, it's nice to have something. Honestly, Steph is a lot more optimistic than me. Like, I always think, oh, I, I just was like, yeah, we'll show them, but I'm not counting my chickens, you know? But but Steph has a, uh, she's, she sees the world as a nicer place. And so she's like, well, you never know. <laughs> and then she was right. And then I was like, whoa, I'm constantly learning life lessons. Anyways. <laughs> I just think we should all value ourselves and our hard work because, yeah. because you know, Absolutely. you, like, because, like people i think want to want to see good stuff they mm-hmm. they and they and they and they also want to work with people who are passionate and people who are going to be easy to work with nice to work with so mm-hmm. i felt like when we came in like sarah and i have both worked so hard in our own careers that that when we came in with the presentation i feel like we ha- we did have a lot to offer mm-hmm. like we were bringing some a lot some stuff to the table it's nice. it's <laughs> nice to know that you know the the idea if, if you build it if you build it they will come so that was like a five minute delay I'm like what did you just say I was like people like you know we've got networks of, of friends and, and, oh. and like oh like people who will watch it yeah, yeah oh viewers. I see I see I thought you just meant like look at our eyes yeah. don't you like them? we have eyeballs that's cool <laughs> well, and we can stare like little cameras again working with all your friends everybody who was involved with the show um, I actually just realized Rod uh, Stahl Fernando Stahl yeah Yes, Rodrigo. Uh, uh, he was also Frank. Frank. You know, I'm just thinking it just flashes in my head. But everybody changed their profile photos in like that was unity. That's huge. Honestly, I you know what I get these ideas because I, I I just feel like yeah it was like it's a bigger push and those were my my ideas for trading cards because i feel like in the 70s and 80s you see more trading cards and i love how you ever see one an old trading card of like vanilla ice for those like wrap trading cards and it's always a cheesy photo with a a, you know a great banner around it like a border sorry and then like it's just very stylized so i'm like okay what would a terrific women trading cards look like for each character and i'm like yeah that would be really cool and then we could say their name like meet so and so he's the blah 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 and then i'm like oh and then the the day that we launch everybody can post a picture you know uh, post the picture and it'll help maybe new people see it and that's kind of what's happened but you know uh, other some people just for, forgot to post it <laughs> but whatever no no you got a lot it was it was a great promotion and it reminded me of <clears throat> from what i've seen in the 70s chum the radio station used to send out like a top 40 kind of pamphlet oh. or like you go pick them up at the near radio station like at concert venues and stuff and the kind of picture on them would have like almost like the same kind of imagery that you were using for everyone's profile pictures and your marketing so very cool. well done stylistically it, it hit a, hit a spot with me we should give Thank a shout out to Courtney Brownell too because she, she did all our, the graphic design like she made all the graphics and and um, all of she, our show posters since we began yeah yeah and those she all did for free <laughs> like, like we didn't have any money so yeah. we were working on favors so this is we were able to pay her to help with the the all the posters for this series and everything and you know we're sort of like 
I don't know. You always with graphic design, you're always coming back with changes. So like, we really appreciate her rolling with stuff. But also, yeah. it's your first season. It's you know, we're getting it off the ground. Is there hopes for a second season where there's more opportunity for people? I hope so. Yeah. Like, we already have it planned out about how awesome it's going to be. Amazing. Yeah, we have, we have, we have. Um, we don't know whether it will happen, but if it does happen, we we had some really funny ideas that we're very jazzed about. <laughs> yeah, we really want this to happen, but I mean, who's who knows? Yeah, but. who knows? It might just be like you know. Uh, one nice little package for people to look at sometimes. <laughs> Is that how it works? When we're old grandmas, we'll yeah, force we're like, our look grandkids. Look at this thing I made. On Instagram, check it out. Yeah. <laughs> These look little pictures. Look at grandma in the hot tub. Yeah, look at her. Do you like it? <laughs> what? Anyway. So, would you say that this is your kind of breakout acting gigs that you kind of created for yourself? Hmm, maybe. Well, stuff's been, stuff's been in Man Seeking Woman and Mr. D in some pretty good roles. Well, there weren't b- big roles, but I mean, I mean... Episode, I guess. Like, this is definitely the most I've acted in a thing. Like, I've never yeah. had a bigger role than this. Yeah, and I did a web series that I wrote for myself before in, like, 2010 that I put out, and so I was definitely the main character in that. That's the thing, you know, you can't sit around as an actor in this country and wait for to get cast. <laughs> it's, it's so helpful that we're comedians, because we're able to write for ourselves and produce with all of our friends so i think this is probably the biggest um that i've done and but yeah it's so funny it just feels like such a natural extension of everything we've been working towards so it's hard to look at it that way but yeah i guess it is yeah because it because it feels different than just than getting cast in someone else's show because in that you're like i did it i got cast whereas in this it was a whole, the whole process leading up to it like it it doesn't feel like we got cast in it. It, it. We just made it. Yeah, we just made it. <laughs> What's it like acting and writing and wearing all these many hats and trying to like do one thing at a time? I, I like it. I like it because um, I'm very, I feel very clear on what we're going for. Like, yeah. I, like if somebody had another idea, you know, or like, you know, it's to, we were able to express what we wanted constantly because we have been, we workshopped it live for three years and made many videos so people we had such a good proof of concept so it was i feel comfortable wearing all the hats for this because it it wasn't a brand new thing that just came to us like we've it's been it's been in the works forever it was really fun too so it didn't feel like it didn't feel like too many hats like i i did another web series like that i produced with some friends called uh versus valerie and in that one i had to do all the production coordinating too and didn't you have to pick up costumes yeah and, and i did the wardrobe that was too many hats that was too many yeah. but at the time i was younger so i did like and you're trying to break in and do as much as you can but nowadays like you know it was enough that we wrote it on it and we starred on it and we were involved in in some of the producing side but it was a it was a huge relief not to have to do the production coordinating like that we, oh did, we didn't have to make the call sheets we didn't have to hire all the people like not having to do that stuff like that was nice yeah, you want people, it's like the administrative stuff, you want somebody who loves that. We are, we're more of like, we want to just do the creative the creative side, for sure. Yeah, but, and, and not just that, but it is so fun, because me and Steph hang out, we're really close, and we make each other laugh so much, and we're really there for each other in hard times, in great times, so it's like, it felt so right working, collaborating, and having these long days together, because... This is what we want to do. This is like this is just what we do. Yeah, it was great. The car rides, car rides to and from Etobicoke are nice. Lo- a lot of laughs. <laughs>, laughs. A lot of laughs. Well, that actually, you know, uh, transitions beautifully into my next question. How did you two meet? 
Oh, we met at a stand-up show. I think I remember talking to the most at the Rivoli, but you said it was the Hee Haw, right? Well, that's where I met I met you at the Hee Haw hour, just because I remember because Greg told me about you, and I remember you giving away shots. Okay, so yeah, we met at a stand-up show, <laughs> but then but then yeah, we became better friends for sure. Like at the Rivoli and doing more shows together, like. Yeah, this was a long... This was, like, 2008, I think. Wow. Yeah, and because I remember going... I was going to start that monthly at the Ossington. I was going to do it with Greg and Jeremy. And they're like, hey, can we bring on Steph? And then it was so funny. Like, me and Steph became two peas in a pod, and the rest of the guys just fade into the background. We're like, anyways, yeah. about our friendship. We'll host this one, guys. You sit down. Like, we were like... We love we love doing things together. And <laughs> and um, they, were, they got busy anyways. And then Jeremy just felt... He was into doing our tech. <laughs> He's like, he didn't want to do the bits well, on Jeremy, stage. Well, Jeremy, um, he, yeah, he used He's to do composer. stand-up. He's a composer of Terrific Women, and he made um, the theme song, too. And the guy, and our friend Tristan, who taped all of our live shows and did all of our videos for us in the past, he's our editor. Like, mm-hmm. everybody who's been with us it's got it got a little chunk of change on this uh, project. Like you have a good team that you sort of develop. You like it's like that you flesh out people. You just keep with you. Yeah, you always hope that you're going to get to the point where you'll get to pay people back for all the hard work they've done. But then sometimes, you know, I feel guilty like being like, oh, can you do this? But then a lot of times the the person has fun and then also it makes connections for them too. Like everybody makes connections off of doing projects. Yeah, like even um, this, like the hair and makeup, Blake and Andy, who did our hair and makeup on Terrific Women, Andy was just out of makeup school. This was her first gig. And Julian Wilding, who was our, uh, who did work wardrobe she was like really insisted that we hire her and we trust julianne because she's a perfectionist and so andy and blake who did all of the wigs and everything who was friends with ali panku they they hit it off and now andy and blake always get each other jobs and work together all the time now it's like new new relationships are forged on set it's so awesome Mm -hmm. there's something to be said though about your attitudes you know you're clearly a developing a breeding ground for positive energy, a lot of powerful women in the industry that are getting opportunities. It's really important. And, and I think you guys should really, uh, not that you're not, but embrace the fact that there's so many strong, powerful women in your production. And when I was on set, I mean, everybody was sweet. Everybody was happy. I, I, I know you guys must have had long, long days, but it turned out pretty flawlessly. So I'll, I'll definitely tell you that much. And it seems like when people are happy, and I would like it, because I popped in briefly people were just like hey how you doing we're so glad you're here this is great like come on in like we're, oh, we're so good. happy to accommodate yeah man it's tough well it, it's seen as like if you have a bunch of people there if there's one person with a bad attitude it it brings down it brings down everything man it's mm-hmm. like you it, like we're all just everybody's nobody's getting paid a lot you know what i mean and 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 so it's sort of we're doing it for the love of the game. So if somebody yeah. goes in there with a bit of a diva attitude or it, it, it's like, it's crazy. It's crazy. You can, they can change the dynamic. It's like, it's like if you have a dinner party and somebody's being a sourpuss, you're like, Oh, not, not, I'm not going to invite them again. And we wouldn't cast somebody again if they did that. You yeah. Know? Cause it, that kind of attitude like spreads. Like, yeah, like it takes poison. one person to, to be backstage, like in the or green room or whatever waiting who's like, isn't this taking forever? And then suddenly other people are echoing that and it just like offsets everything. Not just that, but production takes forever. Yeah. I don't think people realize how much it is waiting around. Yes, you get processed and then you'll have to wait for four hours before we need you in front of camera sometimes. But, and so it's, sort of like you have to like I feel like there's a certain 
quality to a person who's so good at just being on set. Like, yeah. for example, Dawn Whitwell. She is, oh my God. I will work with her till the day I die because she's got a good vibe, man. She's She brings her book or she talks to whoever. She's so chill. She's got an attitude where she's like, no, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't rather be anywhere else. <laughs> and that's great because these are long, hard days and you need, and you need that sort of energy where people yeah. are like, yeah, anything you need, man, I'm here for you. And you're like, oh, I love you. Yeah, unless you got a plane to catch, uh, sit down. Yeah, p- plane to catch to the <laughs> hospital because your arms fell off. Yeah. Like, get out of here, man. Yeah, have a granola bar. <laughs> yeah, have a granola <laughs> bar or like close your eyes or something. <laughs> Nobody wants to see your dumb eyes. It must help. <laughs> it must help that it, it's a room full of comedians too, right? Do you? Is it mm. hard to kind of stay on track? No, people. That's that's a I think a really large misconception that a lot of people who don't do comedy have. They think that comedians are just a bunch of clowns who are bouncing off the wall and don't know how to work or something everybody knows how to work really well the work ethic is insane yeah we hired all professionals like there was nobody in this who ha- who hasn't been in film or tv or other shoots like ev- everybody knew how to behave on set yeah and people act like it's just gonna be like a like like a kid who needs a leash and you're like <laughs> we know that everybody here's a comedian and you're like i don't think you know about comedians because <laughs> we're all people who just really want to do well like we're pr- like sure we excel in comedy but it's just like you wouldn't say that to a group of actors we know you all love acting so keep it keep a lid on it <laughs> like yeah it's funny yeah and like also everybody's so in their heads thinking about their own lines and their own performance like also you know and uh and the, the only and, time yeah. i've heard of a really explosive comedy situation was remember when they when they used to like ev- train everybody to the um comedy awards in ottawa or whatever and they had to start putting the comedians on separate cars because the one party car got too crazy oh yeah well, yeah yeah i, 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 I was on yeah we gotta like be quiet please well that's because they that wasn't on set though yeah that they wasn't were on set. they were going to an award show in a different town and they were given booze yeah that <laughs> so, was a party and, atmosphere and, and, and a confined so, area yeah they weren't shooting anything so <laughs> i think it's a little different but yeah well sarah your stand-up career has been exciting to follow as of late your album trouble in Saradice reached number one on itunes you're set to perform at jfl 42 september 23rd and 29th in toronto last jfl 42 you were featured on andy kindler's alternative show oh i love andy kindler's alternative show tell me about more about andy i need to hear all the juicy <sighs> deals because he seems like the sweetest dude ever and he's brilliant and of course hilarious yeah he's the best like many years ago i would uh i was started traveling a bit to uh montreal with friends just to watch uh, just for laughs before i got in and the alternative show was uh like it was uh, every single night at midnight and it was like the show like i remember watching it and like seeing like brent weinbach and like all these interesting people who i'd never seen before and then like jotting their names down and like looking them up after and like just everybody was very creative inspiring very unique it wasn't typical any sort of typical stand-up that i've ever seen before and then andy is like this like kind of glue like where he like He's so fun to hang out with, and he's been so generous with up-and-coming comedians. Like, he gives us spots on his shows, and he puts us on the same bills as, like, I don't know, big name, bigger-name comedians. He's friends with everybody, new and very established. He's generous, and he's funny, and he has his own style. Doing the alternative show, it means more to me than doing one of the Just for Lost tapings. I, it's, it's, that's what a cool show is t- for me. It's like not a live studio audience who's probably paid to be there or or like, I don't know, given a group on to be there. It's like comedian's comedian kind of thing. And that's what it's all about. 
it's so nice to know that that the alternative show is a great place to see kind of maybe not the headlining jfl mm-hmm. crew i think it's probably it's it's more known now so it's obviously probably a lot less cool than it was at one <laughs> point because it was it felt like a discovery like originally maybe it is still a discovery to new to newer people who are just getting into comedy but yeah you'll see really interesting acts on it that are like that you wouldn't that aren't just like a club comedians and he every city he goes into he picks the kind of city-based uh, comedians for each show or he does he tr- does he have some I traveling think, with him i think well with uh, just for laughs and jfl 42 he goes and then he'll he'll see who's on who's on the festival and then he'll probably book his friends or the people who he's closest with and then um some newer acts too it's quite the honor it's it's, it's quite it an is. honor to be on andy kindler show yeah it the best is in montreal it's even cooler than Toronto. oh wow well yeah. i mean there there's a lot to be said about the comedy and the food and a lot of things in Montreal that do better yeah. than they do in Toronto. All right, ladies. <laughs> Sorry, Toronto. No, no. We, it, we, it's almost like the, I still we love do. Each yeah, other. we do, we do things better in a lot of ways, and they do things. That's what the beauty of being six hours away from Montreal is. All right, ladies. I, I've been pounding you with the questions. It's time for a game. Oh my gosh! And we're in. I know. This is perfect for you too. We know cocktails play a huge part in terrific women. Of course, with Alejandro Filuzzi as your bartender, I have a mixed list of cocktails with very interesting names. Your job is to tell me if they are from or were popular in the 1970s, or maybe from a different decade. Okay. Okay. This is going to be interesting because a lot of cocktails really came into action in the in the sixties. Well, so there you this go. is going to be tough. Well, uh, for example, I'll say uh, Singapore Sling, and you'll say what decade it came from? Or the seventies or otherwise? I'm going to say yes, the seventies. 60s. It's actually from the 70s. Oh, good uh, for you. This is just the test <laughs> round. Just test round. So, uh, Singapore slang, half ounce grenadine syrup, one ounce gin, sweet and sour mix, club soda, so half ounce cherry stuff. brandy. Oh, it was all about the sweet stuff. I know. Pour grenadine into the bottom of ice, filled highball glass, add gin and fill with equal parts sweet and sour and club soda, top with cherry brandy, garnish with a cherry, serve unstirred. And, and of course, we know cherries play a big role in terrific women. All right. So, we're set. Ready? First. Oh my god. A Harvey Wallbanger. I'm gonna say otherwise, not 1970s. Oh, we could say otherwise? Yeah, it's either 1970s or maybe or it's no. made up or another decade. Miscellaneous. Miscellaneous. <laughs> A Harvey Wallbanger. It sounds so 50s to me, so maybe I'll say otherwise. It's actually 1970s. Wow. Um, yeah, we, we never claim to do any research on our show. <laughs> <laughs> so we got vodka, orange juice, Galliano herbal liqueur. Ooh, Galliano. Oh, gosh. Orange you love slice the sweet for stuff. garnish. It makes me want to retch. I'm like, <laughs> We fill the highball glass with ice cubes. Mix vodka and orange juice and stir. Float Galliano on top. Garnish with orange slice. Next, grasshopper. (laughs) Um, I guess I said otherwise so many times that I'm just going to say 70s for fun, but I don't know. I don't know what. All right, hold on. Maybe is a grasshopper. I feel like that's a beer. Is that not a cocktail? No, it's it's a creme de menthe. Ooh, it's a creme de menthe. menthe. (laughs) Something is telling me 60s. For for a grasshopper, but I don't know. I don't know. 
It's actually 70s. Uh, yes, I get oh this my one. Oh, creme God. de month, white cream de cacao, wow. uh, light cream. You got to put cream in this one. Shake cream. all ingredients with ice, strain into a cocktail glass, and serve. Yeah, and be close to a toilet for when you get <laughs> diarrhea after. <laughs> get good and creamy with that one. Yeah. Oh, all right, what ladies. did you have? And then you just name all these crazy well, things. Creme de month. <laughs> gin Ricky. A gin Ricky? The bartender all of Gin Ricky? Gin Ricky. Uh, I don't know. I guess I'm just going to keep saying 70s because, well, I mean, but but like lime mix is probably pretty old. And that, I think a gin Ricky is just gin and lime. So maybe I'm going to go otherwise because that's it seems like something that could have happened earlier than the 70s. She's correct. Oh, nice. I like that you didn't even wait. Let's just go for it. <laughs> because I'm like, I don't know what to say. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Otherwise. Yeah. That's a 20s drink. It's just gin, lime juice, and Ooh. seltzer. Steph, you're very good. Well, I'll ask you this one for you specifically then, Sarah. Oh, no, don't. I won't get it right. No, ask her. <laughs> a pink lady. A oh. pink lady. What's it going to be, Hennessy? 70s or otherwise? <laughs> um, A pink lady. Well, I don't know, because they have... In, I feel like in Greece, there's the pink ladies, right? Yeah. So maybe they also had alcohol problems? <laughs> that oh. was like a 50s thing? Greasers? I don't know. Otherwise... It's actually the 70s. Fuck. Gin, oh, sorry, man. Sorry, apple, you can swear. Applejack, oh, lemon juice, stashes Weird. of grenadine, one egg white, combine ingredients in a cocktail shaker, shake hard, fill shaker with hard. ice and shake, strain into chilled cocktail glass, garnish with a cherry. I it's like it. It's another sweet one. It's, uh, yeah, well, it's another sweet one, but I like that the glass is chilled. Oh. Yeah. There's something about that where you like put it in your hand and you're like, oh, here we go. We're gonna shake hard. Can you shake this hard? <laughs> All right, this is a, a little bit of a trick one. Uh-oh. Cosmopolitan. I guess I feel like it's like... Um, I'd say that one is older than the 70s. I feel like I saw Don Draper drink one of those. Oh, yes. I know. We're all of our research based <laughs> off of other remakes of, of things that happened. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with you. I, I think the same thing. But so, you said it's a trick question. I believe that it was called something different. Oh, or re- and it maybe made more popular with Sex in the well, City. Isn't true. That? Wow, yeah. that's also very true. So... You're both right, in a sense. Cosmopolitan, its origins are argued it's from the 30s, but the version we're familiar with today is from the 70s, and then it made popular again through Sex in the City, and Cosmopolitan is vodka, citron, Cointreau, fresh lime juice, and cranberry juice. That sounds actually pretty nice. Yeah, that could be pretty refreshing. That one doesn't have any weird cream or sugar. It's like a juice that is giving it sweetness. Yeah, Good. I like, I like the review. I like the review we're getting for all, all yeah. of these drinks. Well, that's because like some of them, if it doesn't, I want to talk about whether it makes me want to barf or not, basically. <laughs> <laughs> or we'll give you diarrhea. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Next one is Juicy Lucy. A Juicy Lucy? Oh, no. That Imagine one sounds ordering that earnestly. Um, and then uh, me and my wife will have a, a Juicy Lucy. <laughs> um, a Juicy Lucy. I've never heard of a Juicy Lucy. It sounds like a, it sounds like, um, well, it sounds like a porn or a candy. Yeah, I, I, I think that's an old one that went out of style. Because I've never seen it on uh, like a Chinese food buffet menu. You know how like... <laughs> <laughs> pictures on yeah. there. Oh, I've yeah. never seen a Juicy Lucy on there. And I feel like those drinks are probably all from the 70s. That's so true. Like the Mandarin. Um, yeah, plate oh, yeah. Thing I that think you about get. it. The Grasshopper and the Pink Lady were always on those Whoa. Chinese menus. 
the memory you. on you, Steph. Honestly, Steph knows about where to, what she can eat and where she's going to get it. <laughs> like, even today, we were, we were wandering about doing a ton of stuff today, and we were, our big thing was meals. Like, what meals are we going to have? And then I was like, you pick, because she knows where everything is and, what, and what's on the menu. I love good eats. Good. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll have you on to talk about food another time, for sure. I can go on forever. So, you're right. It's not from the 1970s. It's a combination of vodka gin, blue curacao, liquor, uh, orange juice, and Sprite. All right, next. We've so many all, things. Yes, too, oh, yes, review, review. What do we think? Too I think many things? I think it's a Too lot sweet. of things. I feel like you're overcomplicating it. And then Sprite out of nowhere. Like, <laughs> I, it's so weird when people put Sprite in a drink because I, <clears> like, <throat> I feel like club soda is the, what you want. Yeah, if you you're going to put simple, sugar, put add the sugar separately and use club soda. Yeah, just grab a spoon, light the sugar with a lighter underneath the spoon. Oh, yeah. Do some heroin. (laughs) Shoot this. Put sugar in your blood. Didn't Jack Kerouac call heroin sugar? Anyway, we've all heard of sex (laughs) on the beach. How about sand in the crack? Oh, I've not heard of that. That sounds very modern. Sand in the crack. One sand in the crack, please. Uh, (laughs) I like how you're like living it out. Like, how real could this be? Just to imagine, like, what am I wearing when I order? And then I just like ordering it and just be like, well, my husband just left. And, you know, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'd say that one is modern. I'd say that's post 70s. Yeah, because that's actually, that's definitely after Sex on the Beach. Because people, when I first heard about Sex on the Beach, it's like so funny. You're like, oh my God, I can't believe there's a drink called Sex on the Beach. And then (laughs) then people order it and you have so much fun ordering it. And then it's not funny anymore. Anymore and you just get over it and you're like I don't even want it so somebody had to one up that joke and they had to do sand you in the crowd you nailed it you nailed it mix of Malibu coconut rum Captain Morgan rum pineapple juice and cranberry juice specific to the brands I guess there you have it is your sand in the crack yeah. 19, not 1970s alright get, let's get through these last few Hold ones on, just know that that for me sounds like projectile puking like that's me <laughs> in the, like that's like when your mouth is open it's just shooting out like a water fountain just from your gut being like get it out of me she hates sweet drinks so much seriously what are your drinks of choice what are I drink cocktails? whiskey on the rocks okay. always or I'll have soda like a vodka soda or Which whiskey? Like whatever um, I, I usually go with Jameson sure. but I do like an, I, I, I do like a nice scotch if like if Somebody hey. has a scotch, I'll be like, oh, that's so nice. I'd like to have a, nothing too peaty. I don't have the palate for it. <laughs> do not have the palate for uh, whiskey. Um, do you know what it is? It's because I do so many shows, and all of our shows are in bars, and when you drink beer, it weighs you down totally. so much. It's so filling, and it weighs you down, and like... It just, it, I like how um, just a shot of something on ice is just like a smaller amount to drink. Yeah, I don't know. I got really into whiskey and I ain't turning back. Hey, yeah. how about you, Seth? I'll either have a cider or white wine. And then, yeah, I, I like if I'm going to have a stiff drink, I like something with bourbon in it. Oh, ooh, ladies. Ooh, can okay. we talk about this one time that me and Steph went out for a night of dancing and going Please. wild? So we were like, let's go out and go dancing. But then it, it like, and let's go wild. But then it wasn't that wild. And I was like, let's get shots. And Steph's like, okay. So she goes up and she's like, I'll have um, a polar bear. What was it called? <laughs> a polar bear, yeah. Yeah, she's like, do you guys make polar bears here? I'm like, what the fuck is a polar bear? Creme de menthe. It, it is. It's all creamy it and is. sweet. It's like, and I was like, oh, no, man. Let's, let's get like whiskey or tequila are That's you kidding so me funny. she's like well can I get both because I'd really just like to have a polar bear <laughs> yeah because yeah, I don't 
don't like shots. I know I don't have a very wide throat. I'm not good at doing a shot in the first place. So if I'm going to do a shot, it's got to taste delicious because otherwise, every time I try to take a true shot, I take it and then I and then I'm like, oh no, and then I spit it back into the glass and then I have to slowly sip it. Okay, and then it takes me about thirty to forty minutes. Don't buy any uh, celebratory shots for Steph. Never buy me a shot. I hate it. Okay, but don't you understand that the more you do it, the better you'll get at it. I don't want to practice. <laughs> I, well, you heard I it here, folks. I just want to enjoy life. <laughs> right. no, you have I don't to, need to you get have into to be in pain. pain. You have to be in pain. Do you guys want to get through the last couple of these? Do you think we can get a couple more out of yeah, these? No. Yeah, like these? Yeah. Okay. The pink squirrel. Um, I guess that's... Uh, I've never heard of it. How about you, Steph? You know these things. Yeah, I've never heard of it. It sounds oldie-timey, though. It's actually 1970s. It's equal parts creme de noyeur, which is almond. Oh, and there's the squirrel part. And heavy cream. That's disgusting. <laughs> what do you mean that's the squirrel part? What, what's the, oh, almonds, because they like nuts. Yeah, nuts. Oh, see, I didn't make that connection. Oh, my God. That's so you're nuttiness. just having liqueur and cream? Ugh. I want to punch everyone out right now. Man, how did people dance in the 70s at discos <laughs> when they were loaded on so much cream? <laughs> oh, my God. They seem so thin. They all were like such, they are also stick thin to fit into those like high waisted trousers. You know trousers. what? That's why they wore so much brown because they're constantly shitting themselves. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm mad about all this cream. <laughs> all right. Well, this will this won't help. Uh, <laughs> a black Russian. Oh well, you know what? I'd say that's older than the seventies. Well, or maybe a white Russian is. White Russian. The, that's milk and what rum <laughs> or Kahlua? Co- I think. Yeah, I just remember the dude drinking. Them. That's right. So, but this is a black Russian. Yeah, maybe this is the seventies. Because, or post-70s, because the white Russian was really popular at first. I feel like the black Russian came after, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I don't know, 88? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 1988. Well, actually, no, it's actually 1940s to 50s. Oh! oh. It's five parts vodka to two parts coffee liqueur. Wow. Five parts vodka? That's to- stiff. <laughs> That's a stiff drink. Well, it depends how big your parts are, I guess. Hey now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Fingers? Is that what it is? Like five, <laughs> five fingers, fingers of vodka and then coffee. Jeez Louise and coffee. Good That's night. Like, good yeah. night. Good morning. Yeah. Good night. And then you're like, where did my life go wrong? And then you're like, I'll show you a cocktail menu. That's where it went wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, ladies. Here's the last one. I say you did pretty well. This is I, the gulf. You know, you know. Well, I think both accepted. No, I think we both missed. Most. This is called the Golden Cadillac. Ooh. Yeah, Cadillac. I'm picturing somebody in a Cadillac. Well, I guess Cadillacs existed after the fifties, but they weren't. They lost some of their cachet. <laughs> Yeah, they were still, they were like, ooh, I got myself a new Cadillac. That was like the coolest thing to do back then, right? Yeah. And then now people are like, I got a longboard. (laughs) 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 I got a nice longboard. (laughs) Is there a song about that yet? (laughs) I got a sweet little longboard and it's taking me to work. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, I I don't know, old, older than 70s? It's actually 1970s. Oh. It's a Harvey <laughs> Wallbanger, but you add more creme de cacao. Ew! And, and heavy cream to your Harvey Wallbanger. Can you hear me shaking my head no? <laughs> 
can you? That's so gross. They're like, this one doesn't have enough cream in it. Yeah, this one doesn't have enough life regrets in it. <laughs> Ladies, I want to thank you coming. Thanks for having us. Can you plug your socials? Can you plug where we can find more about Steph Callender and more about Sarah Hennessy? Sure. I just have Twitter uh, and Instagram, and it's at Steph Callender for both. Yeah, I'm Sarah underscore Hennessy at on Twitter. And then, I don't know, uh, what else? Buy my album, Trouble in Paradise, on iTunes. What's up? It's very good. Mm-hmm. Comedy records. Uh, yeah, co- comedy records, happy times. It's lot, really lot funny. Of it's very good. Thank the, the, you. The sound quality is amazing. Well, Ben Miner recorded it from SiriusXM. Okay. So, yeah, he was yeah he was generous enough to do that. So, I think they got those that sick equipment, bro. We love Ben. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a huge Ben supporter. There's a picture of us right here. <gasps> that, oh, my what? God. It's framed in a heart-shaped frame. It is. Absolutely. <laughs> <clears throat> Ladies, this show is called Ross Never Sleeps. Yay. I need to know about your sleep habits. Are you guys good sleepers? Bad sleepers? <laughs> Oh, I don't think... I, we're both not very good sleepers. Yeah, we're both not great. Because our minds are always like, what else? <laughs> yeah, like, I I have trouble falling asleep because I'm, like, so anxious. And then I have to smoke a bit of weed. She, lo- she loves her evening Nighttime, ritual. for sure. Mm-hmm. She likes her evening ritual. And then me, I'm often too excited to sleep. Like, last night I couldn't sleep because we had our big um, Terrific Women launch party. So we went home and then I was like... <gasps> like, my eyes were just wide and I was just like, what else? Like, I was just so pumped. <laughs> All night, and so I, yeah, I don't sleep. I don't sleep very well. What time did the festivities end last night? Well, it was night? a Tuesday night party, so it was only like one or something. Okay, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I came home and I made a meal, and, and um, <laughs> she made a salad. What yeah, did you have? Made- she made an evening <laughs> salad and veggie dogs. Yeah, hey. and then we watched TV and and like had a dinner. That's <laughs> so nice. we went to bed at like two thirty. Made a little salad. <laughs> yeah, smoked a little salad. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, smoke the salad. I smoked some salad as soon as I got in the door. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I want to thank you, ladies, for coming. I uh, tell all our listeners to sleep tight, even though it's kind of like Ross never sleeps. No one's really getting a, a, a good night's rest. What do you like to say to the listeners that are potentially trying to fall asleep right now? Um, have nice, even deep breaths. It's good for calming your nervous system. Yeah. Don't look at your phone. Just close your eyes and think about tomorrow. And sleep tight, never sleepers. <laughs> Sleep tight. Sleep tight. Bitches. <laughs> Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. Network.com.